Hello again, this is Charlie Belfontaine, and you're listening to the Home Buyers Hour on WCPT AM820, where the facts matter. And what we are going to do today is talk about Patrick is going to end up talking about taxes that come in here. I'm sorry, I drew a little bit of a blank. Joey is going to be talking about what's going on in the interest rates. And I got the most exciting subject in the world, which we're going to be talking about sewer scopings and looking at other people's poops. I know Devin Tingle, our producers over here with his hands in his air. You know, making sure that everybody sees stuff. You can pretend like indoor plumbing is not important, but I'm not going (laughs) to pretend. I love it. So, Joey, tell us what's going on. We're going to start with you. But before we do that, I want to throw a little plug out there. Um, One of our home inspectors in our state, um, he's a magician as well. His name is Greg Dimple. And I really like this guy. Um, And what he does is he works for an organization called Open Heart Magic, and their website is openheartmagic.org, and they're always looking for fundraising opportunities as well. I mean, it's they go into hospitals where children are sick, and they just perform magic just to make them smile. And if you go to their website, openheartmagic.org, you're going to see a lot of great videos there that are going to talk about just what wonderful work that they do. So if you find some time, please stop by the website, and if you could give them a little cash, that's always a nice thing, too. So sorry to take some of your time, Joey, but what is going on with the federal government right now? Yeah, so the the Fed is meeting again and talking about how they're going to raise rates again, which they will, right? It's just a matter of how much will they. Will it be a quarter percent interest rate uh, raise on the federal funds rate, or will it be a half point? Uh, it looks to me like most people are expecting a one quarter percent raise on the Fed funds rate, which would put us right about a five percent. Um, and the market yesterday, actually, the market started reacting, I think, a little bit prematurely um, is the yields on uh, MBS coupons on, on mortgage backed security coupons uh, started to increase. And when that happens, rates start to drop a little bit. Right. So um, today I the will- billboards changed. <laughs> you know? I love it. I love it. It, I love it is. It. Hey, and, but wasn't the raises weren't the raises more of like consistently for a while, three quarter percent, right? Yeah, for a long time they were raising three quarters percent, three quarter, okay. three quarter, three quarter. I think it was what like four or five in a row, and then they did a half, then they did a half, and now um, we'll see if they stick to a quarter because obviously there has been an effect on inflation. Inflation has been coming down, so. Um, We'll see what happens. I'm still a believer that they overcorrected and we haven't really seen the full effect of the uh, rate increases that have happened over the past year. Um, I think it's important. Sorry to jump in. I think it's important also that uh, the polling data is showing that Americans believe that uh, inflation is going to come down. That is as important um, as as what the Fed is doing. And, and well, the Fed also affects it. But uh, but that's an important aspect of it as well. Mm hmm. No, absolutely. And I mean, we see uh, retail sales coming in low, so we know people are spending less. We saw, uh, I mean, this is a month ago, but the the, the weaker uh, new, what was it? The Oh my gosh, wages, wages, uh, wages came in short. So um, what does that mean? Yeah. Wages came in short. And Joey, before you go too yeah. much further, give us all your contact information. I didn't, I didn't ask for that in the beginning. If somebody has more questions about this, how do they reach you to talk to you about it? Yeah, so I mean, this is more stuff you want to talk to an actual economist about. But if you want to talk about mortgage (laughs) stuff, I got a guy. Uh, Yeah, Joey Matthews, the VA loan nerd, uh, NMLS 1330694. You reach me at 630-235-2405, day or night, text or call, thevaloannerd.com. I love it. So what does that mean? Is do you have an ML an MLS? M- oh, oh, it was in there. I threw it oh, out there. It? it was in there. In I fact, I, after out. I said it, after Dang I said it, it, I was gonna be like, I only said that to make sure Patrick doesn't make sure I. I, I got it, it memorized. Can you believe that one three three zero six nine four? You and I can't memorized? memorize anything. Well, I've heard it so many times. I don't know. It's not the screen in front of you. It is. I cheated. <laughs> right, let me just kick this thing off the rails even farther. So, uh, anyways, what were we talking yeah. about? No, wait, wait, wages. <laughs> Interest so rates and in the yeah. feds, and what does that mean to me? Wage, wages get reported. Uh, 
to um, get reported nationally. And there's a there was an expectation that there would be a higher increase in national wages than there was. So it came in short of what the expectation was. That's all that is. So it, 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 people are making less money than they would have been anticipated uh, okay. seeing. Right. Um, yeah. There and maybe go. that's more of a right sizing and stuff like that. So, but what does that mean to home buyers with the the Fed interest rates and and I've so I've seen on the billboards where things have gone down. You know, I mean, there was a time when they were in the high sixes, and yeah. now they're I've, I'm seeing advertisements for under six. I've seen yeah, over, over seven. You've seen over seven yeah, before. Yeah. I might have missed those. Oh so if gosh. somebody well, bought I, at that time, what are they doing with that. you? So I think it's it's a beautiful thing. There's a um, and this is something I, I I tried to say over and over and over again during the last year is, you know, when is the best time to buy? The best time is when you're ready, right? So the people that were lucky enough to buy when the rates were higher, right? They have the ability to refinance to the lower rates that are available today, um, or you know, refi when they go even lower, which is entirely possible. Um, and the value is still going to be there because what's happening now, rates are a little bit down. They go under six and now people are getting into bidding wars again. So the value isn't changing. The value, if anything, we're going to see values rise again. We're going to see bidding wars again. And it's just it's just coming so full circle. You know, it's I want to wait until interest rates are lower. I want to wait until home values drop. I want to wait until interest. I mean, you can't have both. Right. That's yeah. just not the way it's going to work. So the people that did buy and they were able to negotiate, they got those those higher rates. Uh, that they could still afford. I mean, now now they also get to reap the benefits of having a lower payment and still being in the same house and having value again, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you can lead a horse to water at the end of the day, right? So, well, yeah, we, oh, go ahead. We, we're so, I think, accustomed to to buying things, at least big ticket items, based on what it's going to cost per month because yeah. I think that's just what our minds have an easier time understanding than than the full value. I, I, if you put a stack of, of dollars in front of me and said it's it's five hundred thousand dollars, I guess I'd have no choice but to believe you because my my mind can't wrap itself around such a high amount of money. But when the if if you didn't pay the premium that people were paying back in say July of twenty twenty one, or even early twenty twenty two, once you do get into that lower rate and and certainly when you go to sell you're going to be super happy that you took a contrarian uh viewpoint on the real estate market and didn't just follow everyone else yeah so i got a yeah. question for you joey one that i'm sure that you get asked a lot when should i refinance you know should it be a one eighth drop a quarter half so when's a that, good that, time it's a bit of a loaded question um it, it, at the end of the day it's it's when numbers make sense to you and you have to talk to a mortgage nerd to make sure the numbers make sense right um it's not necessarily how much of a drop in rate but it's all it's also how much has your home appreciated so if you put three percent down you're paying pmi are you going to be able to get rid of your pmi you know things of that nature if you have an fha loan your credit has improved or you know for whatever reason you didn't go fha at that or i'm sorry conventional at that time refinancing into a conventional loan potentially having a lower payment overall because when you're looking at a conventional loan with less than 20% down, you have to look at your APR because that's your, that's that's your true interest rate is based on your APR, which includes your PMI number, PMI being private mortgage insurance. That's the, the amount of money you pay every month to make sure the bank is taken care of in case you go into default. That's right. It does not okay. take care of you. It takes care of your lender. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so... I mean, there's a million reasons to refinance. I mean, are, are, are you going through a tough time financially do you need cash out do you need to consolidate debt there's a million reasons to refinance so i mean even in a higher rate environment i i, I there, i've only done a few refinances in the last year but i had a situation where i was able to help save someone a thousand dollars a month in monthly debt payments even though the rate on their home went up you know so it, it there's a lot of factors. Uh, you need on. to explain that to me. I'm, you know, both Patrick and, and I looked at each other, and we want to throw the BS flag at you on that one. Hey, PMI How do you do that? Be, PMI can be an absolute bear. Really? Well, yeah. PMI, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're looking at an FHA loan, and it, it, it's a set factor, if you're putting less than 10%, uh, less than 5% down, it's called 85 bips, and that is 85 basis points, which is 0.85 of 1%, right? Um and that number is applied to your total loan balance divided by 12. 
right? And that's how they figure out what your mortgage insurance premium is on FHA. And that's a high number. So when you're when you're going the conventional route and you have credit above, say, 720, typically your, your factor is going to be significantly lower than it would be on FHA, which, again, is a set factor by the government. Um, and the other thing with FHA is if you're putting less than 10% down, it's on there for the life of the loan. So if you're in there for 30 years and you never refinance, you would have paid MIP for 30 years. How do you get um, that removed? Or is there a process to have it removed? With FHA, you got to refinance. You got to refinance the only way. to a, a conventional. Yeah, conventional. Yeah, if you, uh, if you put less than 10% down. Yeah, if you put more than 10% down, it falls off after 11 years. It's not after a uh, loan to value number. It's after 11 years. We like to so, keep the rules very simple. I do. Oh, yeah, oh I speak sarcasm. <laughs> I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. No, no I, it, but every loan program is different, and that's why it's so important to, that when you're talking to some a mortgage nerd, make sure that they are a nerd. Make sure that they know the differences between where PMI like on a on a FHA loan. If you put 10 percent down, the, the the mortgage insurance premium is only 80 bips, right? If you put more than between 10 and 5 percent, it's 80 bips. If you put 5 percent or less, then you're looking at 85 bips. Like there's just little things that you know come along with it. And there's always the upfront mortgage insurance premium on FHA, which gets tacked on to your loan. It's 1.75 percent of your loan amount. There's just so That's much a good nerdy chunk of money. stuff. It is. It, it can be. And the FHA loans are a great program, especially if you're going to be an investor buying a potentially four unit property. There's some caveats to that, too, because there's a self-sufficiency test that a unit has to pass. And right now it's not very easy to pass self-sufficiency with FHA. Um, and it's because the mortgage rates are a little bit higher. And if if your appraiser comes in with low rents, then you're going to have a problem. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm going down the rabbit hole. You no, got me in a rabbit going. hole, man. That's all right. So, it's, it's early on a Saturday and, and you know, people <laughs> need some help getting back to sleep. You know, we're oh. we're there for those people. <laughs> we are not. I'm going to start screaming. Oh I'm going to wake God. everybody up. And then, yeah. But let's, let's just say I bought a house last year. All right. Yeah. Yep. What number like if i have an interest rate right now of a certain percentage or higher and i want to go ahead and you know make it beneficial to myself to refinance what numbers should i start thinking about where i'm at right now to call you and talk to you about is this a is this a good idea is to this, refinance is it time so you're you're going to want to look at two numbers depending on how much you put down you want to see have have I appreciated because in the next few months I have a feeling we're going to see some good appreciation. But how do they know rates. that? How does somebody? How does a homeowner know that? Is this where you get a real estate agent, or talk, do you have to hire to, an appraiser? So me, I, I I would say talk to a realtor friend potentially. The only thing is just be very clear. Just say, hey, I'm not looking to sell. I'm just trying to get an idea of where you believe my house is valued at because. I did buy last year. Talk to the realtor that you bought with, right? I mean, they, they, at the, I want to talk That's to everyone advice. I've ever worked with every day of the week, right? Yeah. Everybody, you know, because that they want to talk to you. They trust you. Like it, it's a good thing. You're never bothering us. We love that you like the connection. It's so, yeah, shoot, shoot a message to the realtor that you bought, bought with and just say, hey, I know I bought X amount of dollars and rates were a little bit higher. Like, where do you think that the home value would be right now? If you were going to sell, where do you think the home value would be? Um, and that gives you an and idea. And they do the comps and they pay. do all the other stuff to get that information, just like they would do to price the house to sell the house, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll do a very quick version of it, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, and, and maybe the, the su if you have a super lazy one, they might just go to Redfin or Zillow and just be like, hey, it says this on Redfin. You know, uh, that brings up a good point. Don't be afraid to call me, call Patrick, call Joey. We have some great relationships of good professionals. Look at the people that were on the show recently. Those are good leaders in the in this profession and good people to, to bring up. Sorry to jump on there for you, but... Continue, no, I love please. it. Like, and, and I, that's why I love being on this is because I see how much everyone that we bring on and you guys yourselves, like how much you, you care about yeah, everyone that we're working with. Like, I noticed that yeah, too. It's, ref it's, it's refreshing to hear it from people. You know, Joey, the, what, what you're saying about, um, you know, please call us anytime. You know, I, I appreciate hearing that because um, 
when people ask me, you know, they they ask uh, they ask Charlie questions about what the lawyer should do. They ask you <laughs> questions about what the realtor should do. They ask questions of me about what the mortgage broker should do. And what I always say is, look, if um, if you have any thought that let's say rates have gone down or you you just have a, a gut, your gut instinct tells you that your property is appreciated, give your mortgage broker a call and they will be happy to speak with you. They want to do more loans for you. If they can do it and save you money, they will. And it will be great for both of you. If they can't, then they won't. Um, yeah. But but they will not be bothered whatsoever by you reaching out and saying, hey, can you take a look at this? I mean, gosh, I, whenever someone calls me up and says, Gee, I have some potential business for you. I don't get upset. I usually that smile comes across my face, and right. so take advantage of of that. And I remember we had a real estate agent on here in the past, and one of the biggest questions they would ask the other real estate agents is, "What do you sell?" And that the agents you go, "Well, I sell houses, of course," you know, and they're like, "No, you sell yourself." And more importantly, and the same thing with the three of us, we sell relationships. And everything is about building those relationships with each other, and they want to maintain them. And the only way you're going to get a solid relationship is if you do the right thing at the right time, you do it the right way, you do it for the right reason, and you just give. And you don't look for anything in return. It always comes back. Um, let's go around the horn real quick. Joey, how do people get hold of you again? You can go to the VALoneNerd.com. You can call or text at 630 630- Two three five, two four zero five, or you could find me on all of the social medias as the VA Loan Nerd. All right, and before we get to my information and Patrick's information, Joey, you got a question here for you. It's basically when will and and whether you know this or not, just guess anyway. When will the feds bring down interest rates, and have we seen this situation before? Get out your crystal ball. All right, so Joey Stradamus is coming out, right? So <laughs> my favorite uh, guy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, sue me when I'm wrong. Um, Don't sue him. <laughs> I got a good lawyer. Uh, <laughs> I got a guy. So, I got a guy. He's not talking so, about me. So will will interest rates come down? Yeah, it, this this is a, a, a natural economic cycle. Uh, this happens all the time. Uh, Fed raises rates; they lower rates. Uh, do they come down to zero often? Uh, not really. Uh, what, twice in recent history in 2008, they came down to zero in 2000. Uh, and then with COVID, they came down to zero, right? Not a natural thing to happen, but not situations we want to have happen, by yeah. the way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when will they be bringing them down? When we see inflation getting under 2%, they're going to start, they're going to have to adjust Right or under three percent, I would say they would want to adjust for sure. If they see negative uh, inflation numbers, which is deflation, they have to adjust significantly. So, the Fed funds rate they will come down. I, I don't anticipate. They they've said themselves they don't anticipate going over five. So I think we're pretty much tapped out there. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they they do they they go up and down. This is just the the way that they raised them was the fastest I think since 1979, 1980. You know when uh, okay. the last major raise happened. But it's been kind of low for a while. I, I think oh, it's yeah. due. You, you, otherwise, it's just going to go crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. A little bit about me. My name is Charlie Belfontaine. Our company is Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our phone number is 312-544-9180. And our website is thehomeinspectors.com. And that's plural. It's an O-R-S and it's a .com. Um, if you have any questions regarding to the condition of your home or, or just something's not working right and you want to talk about it, we never charge to talk on the phone, so feel free. And if you're interested in joining the uh, home inspection business, our school is HIUIL.com, Home Inspection University of Illinois. Patrick, if you don't mind, can you give us your contact information and then I'm going to start asking you to talk about property taxes because that's fun. It's it's not. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I was feeling a little bit left out. Uh, Charlie, you mentioned a charity that you have particularly f- uh, fond feelings yeah. for. Um, and so I want to talk about a charity. Um, I don't know if it's a charity, but uh, a community organization that is uh, is called Center for Disability and Elder Law. And uh, they do a lot around Chicago. Um, 
for people that don't have the means to hire lawyers for things like estate planning and um, guardianships and, and the whatnot. Um, but what I do is I volunteer for them on a monthly basis. I go down to a nice little, uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a nursing home, but I, I think it's like, a, well, something akin to a nursing home, but for older people that need a little bit more than just living in a, reg a regular apartment building. But what we do is uh, for people in the community, uh, we prepare wills and transfer on death instruments, uh, powers of attorney, healthcare powers of attorney. Things That's how important stuff that you don't think about. It's incredibly important. Um, if you've ever been through an intestate probate uh, case, meaning a case where someone died without a will and they owned real estate, it can really be problematic, expensive, um, really not a situation you want to go through. Uh, and, and or so, have your family go through when you pass away. Yes. I mean, I know when I, when I pay, I'm going to die, everybody's going to die. And when that happens, I kind of want my family taken care of. And, and no disrespect to attorneys. I love you to death. All right. But I don't want my money going to the attorneys. All right. I'd rather go to my family. Yeah. No, uh, listen, I've got enough paying work uh, that I <laughs> don't have to manufacture more. Uh, and I think that most lawyers, if, if they're, you know, if got, they got their eyes open, uh, could, could see that, that they are in that boat as well. So, yeah, trying to, to manufacture business is, is really not something that, that we need to do. Um, so anyways, if you have more interest, you can certainly Google Center for Disability and Elder Law, C-D-E-L. Chicago. I don't know if that's the URL, but just Google it. Um, you know, take a look if you want to. Uh, you know, chuck some money their way. Uh, by all means, um, it's uh, it's 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 a good it's a good cause. So, um, anyways, that's Sweet. my my little humble brag about how I volunteer my my time. If you want to get in touch with me for my for profit business, Loftus Law, real estate lawyer. <laughs> You can reach me at 773-632-8330. The website is loftus.law, and I am on Insta at, at Loftus Law. Oh, you're like a hipster right there calling it Insta. Or it might be Loftus <laughs> underscore law. I don't know. Just search it. You'll find me. <laughs> I love it. And so go ahead, tell us a little more about the property taxes and what can people do? That's All that comes into play when you're paying your mortgage. I, I really get a kick out of the two of you talking about monthly payments, and that's what people are looking for. And when you're dealing with escrow, that all comes in there. So even lowering your taxes, and it seems like it's always wanting to go up. And if we don't take action, it gets out of hand. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I could do a series of... <laughs> of lectures or, 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 you know, talks about real estate taxes and how they're calculated and why they are the way they are and, and all of these sorts of things. Um, but I, I really just want to focus on the basics because we only okay. have, well, <laughs> we don't have infinite amount of time. So if you're curious as to why is my real estate tax bill the number it is, uh, the way that a real estate tax bill is calculated at its most basic uh, calculation is the assessed valuation of your property. And I'm just going to talk about Cook County because, of course, Cook County is different than everywhere else. It just always is. And I'm saying always, and I'm not even, I'm not even uh, giving any disclaimer. Um, it's a uh, populated area. You well, know, there's there's it, no offense. The, the most, 80% of our, and eh, that's high. I would say more like 70% of our population in the state of Illinois lives in Cook County. I think that's a fair statement. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. Um, yeah, that leads me in other directions that I'm going to steer myself back onto the path. So right. you take the assessed valuation, you multiply it by something called the uh, Cook County Equalizer, which is different every year, but it is plus or minus three. So your assessed valuation is going to be 10% of what the assessor thinks your, your property's fair market value is over the past three years. Multiply it by this multiplier, and then you multiply it by the tax rate. And there you have your full tax bill. Now, if you own and occupy the home, you're entitled to the homeowner exemption. And where that gets put into the calculation is after you multiply the assessed value by the equalizer. So uh, I believe in Cook County, that will be 10,000. So if your property value is 10,000, multiply by three minus 10 times the tax rate. And that's what your real estate tax bill will be. So that's why you'll see 
uh, real estate tax bill you know, go down if a property goes from being rental to owner occupied. Okay. Now, if you are 65 plus during that tax year and you can prove it to the county, it's not that hard. Um, <laughs> your driver's license will suffice. Uh, you're entitled to an, an additional seven thousand, so it would be seventeen thousand for the for an owner occupied property. What does that mean? Seven thousand off of your taxes? Seven? No. Okay. Good question though, because yes, I love this. I I have what is called the curse of knowledge, meaning that <laughs> all this stuff up here, I forget how much of it comes out of here. And just and how much of it stays up there, assuming everyone just must have the same base of knowledge. Which is why I'm here. I'm the dumb one. <laughs> no. All right. So, but there's a lot of other people that don't understand, and that's why I like uh, to know. Yeah. No. This is a very complicated topic, and I will, by the way, uh, once we leave here, I'm gonna uh, put some links in the comments below. I know no one's taking notes, and if you are taking notes, you're a psycho. Uh, <laughs> don't take notes. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to provide links that will essentially uh, give you a, a, a summarization of, of what I'm talking about here. Okay. Uh, where these exemptions come off is after you multiply the assessed valuation by the equalizer. So okay. I'm going to go back to the previous example. 10,000 assessed valuation times equalization factor of three gets you to 30,000. Then you subtract out the exemptions. So in this instance, it would be uh, you'd, you'd be at 13,000, which then gets multiplied by the tax rate. And that is how you arrive at that tax bill. Okay. So the 7,000 is not off of the tax bill. That would be very generous. Um, the 7,000 is off of the equalized... EAV, equalized adjust, equalized assessed valuation. Equalized assessed value. Okay, I got that. Okay, all right. So, um, and there are other exemptions, by the way. There's a senior freeze, which if you make, I think it's less than 65000 but uh, I, I will correct myself uh, in the comments if I'm wrong about that. Uh, you can essentially freeze your, uh, your tax bill in place, which, look, we don't want to be kicking our uh, senior citizens out of their homes just because uh, of the inevitability of They're on a fixed increases. income, right. So, you know, it's it, it was a policy decision at some point made that that, that would be a, a good idea. Um, there are other uh, probably less known, less utilized, but, but still important exemptions. Um, Joey, you would, I'm sure, be aware of the disabled veteran. Yes, I am. Uh, exemption. Um, that was just fast. And, th and that one is super important. I, I have a friend, uh, his wife lost her uh, right leg just above the knee in Iraq. Oh, wow. And uh, they had a $0 tax bill. And, you know, quite frankly, it's not, it's not good enough. Um, but that's that's what we have to offer. We can't we can't go below zero, or, or it, we wouldn't go below zero. Uh, but depending on how disabled you are, and, and that's a function of I, I suppose what the uh, uh, Department of Veterans Affairs says. Or Joe, you you would maybe know exactly how they they determine the percentage disability. Um, it doesn't always go down to zero. Uh, you, you you might be entitled only to a portion of your uh, your tax bill to be. Um, uh, uh, to be reduced so yeah so if the eav is over 250k then you're only getting a portion of the tax bill reduced so if you're at a 350k and, and granted at 350k on an eav you're looking at like 1.1 million give or take um so yeah and that's that's that brings up a whole number you know this assessed value things i know when i bought a a new construction home in Bolingbrook at one time, my assessed value was the actual value or the price that I paid for that house. And then when I was living in other areas, I'm looking, this is like only 33% of what the value of the house is. Ah, you bring up a good point. Um, and that goes back to the difference between Cook County and everywhere else. So okay. I, I'm assuming in Bolingbrook, you were in Will County. Yes. Typically in the Collar Counties, your, your uh, equalization factor is going to be one. Why do they do that? I don't know. <laughs> because it's easy math. <laughs> well, it, sure. In, in the suburbs, I could divide by one. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot. This would be a much shorter conversation if you and I were just having a discussion about taxes in McHenry County or Will County. Um, Cook County gives me all sorts of fun things to talk about and numbers to throw in there uh, to just confuse everyone who's simply listening to this. Um, but. The more I can talk about this sort of thing, educate the public, my, my personal opinion is that real estate taxes are complicated 
it's done so intentionally to make it as opaque as possible because if we knew how the sausage was made or if more people understood more people would probably complain more than just going ah darn it my taxes went up yeah that makes sense now so that's the you know the, as much as uh, of the basics as, as, as i probably care to, to get into it, it gets more complicated obviously um so there's a couple of things in cook county uh, the assessed valuation of your property will be reevaluated every three years, generally speaking. Okay. Uh, it rotates. It goes city of Chicago property, suburban property uh, south of Madison Street, and then suburban property above Madison Street. So on the triennial basis, uh, each... And they, that's they where rotate. we are. I think we just got reassessed last year. Yeah. We're I, in North Suburbs. I think North Suburbs, yeah. We so so City of Chicago got dinged for twenty twenty one tax year. I think you guys are twenty twenty two and then South is gonna be twenty twenty three and it just uh, rotates continuously. Now if you are so, so what that means is for three years you'll have a, a relatively stable tax bill and then the reassessment will happen now again this is more going to be for cook county pardon me for yeah for cook county rather than the collar counties but uh especially if you were in a a, a neighborhood that was appreciating uh at a greater rate than other neighborhoods you probably saw that your 2021 tax bill was significantly higher and that was a big point of contention between buyers and sellers uh, over the course of the past year and probably one of the biggest thorns in my side until they finally issued the 2021 second installment. Um, I guess it was around, no, it was November 15th. Of course, I remember that <laughs> big day for me. Ooh, right? second installment tax bill is such a big, it really was a big day for me. Um, that can be a real shock to the system when you get that notice, if you notice it, uh, from the assessor's office that your assessed valuation is going up 40%. Um, now, they did they, they, they played with the numbers a little bit. Uh, they lowered the equalization uh, factor, among other things, uh, to try to blunt the, uh, uh, the, the effect okay. of that, that those, those steep increases in the assessed valuations. But I definitely saw some tax bills that went, boy, significantly higher. And one thing you can do is you can appeal the assessed valuation yeah. yeah so and this is something some people are well aware of it uh they'll appeal every year and i don't see any reason why you wouldn't uh so I'll, I'll, my wife does it and this is when we lived down in bolingbrook i never appealed my taxes i didn't know better i just said okay this is what we do and it's fair across the board well it's not you know i had neighbors that appealed every year every year every year next thing i know is i'm like 25 percent more in taxes and we got the same identical house than what my neighbor's paying because they appealed it every time you know and that kept it down low and same thing my wife now she appeals every year on her own she takes care of all this stuff and our taxes are pretty decent. I mean, nobody takes us to court or, you know, go anywhere. They just give us what I'm calling shut up money. <laughs> you know, is that fair or is that um, normal or are we lucky? No, it's it's pretty normal to uh, to go in there and, and in Cook County. And again, you know, at, at, at the, uh, you know, I'm going to repeat myself and, and I have a tendency to do that. It's, it's different. Uh, with Cook County, you'll start with, um, oh, gosh. You, you start with the local assessor and you talk to them and if you can work something out with them then then great uh, you don't have to take it any farther and you know it, it can almost be you know just an informal conversation about what the assessed valuation evaluation can be in other counties it's different I know um, so what you're describing your experience in will County um, they probably shouldn't have been handling it that way because if you're in a subdivision where you've got a whole bunch of houses that are effectively the same square footage, same floor plan, roughly the same yeah. uh, square footage on the lot, there's no reason why you should just be looking at it and saying, well, you know, the, the value went down, so we're only going to reduce you. We're not going to reduce all your neighbors just because you filed an appeal and I, I know I, I did one in Kendall County many years ago where I was just like hey it's 2010 and they bought the place in 2006 so you know well, when it's Charlie's conspiracy theory yeah. that's all there is to it's it like, what, what, are we, what are we gonna do with this and the board of review was like nothing 
<laughs> because all the neighbors have have that assessed valuation as well. And you know, the, at first at first blush, I was like, I was upset. I was like, this can't be. How how could you approach it this way? But ultimately, it, it's meant to be fair. You know, the the assessed valuation what what it is at its core, it's a representation of the value of your property, but moreover, it begins to establish what your fair share of the tax burden is for that area. So okay. you'll you'll look at your tax bill and you'll see they'll itemize the schools are getting this, the uh, park district, forest preserves getting this, the co- the the community colleges, museums, water department, mosquito abatement, all of that stuff. Mosquito abatement, yeah, those guys are big. Hey. <laughs> I get nothing it. Nothing wrong with getting rid of some mosquitoes in, in, in my world. Um, if I remember right, number one will always be the schools. No, the schools are a big portion because yeah, very the state big. It's doesn't. It's like 50% or more. The state of Illinois doesn't fund the schools. Yeah. It, it comes from real estate taxes. So I have paid a lot for uh, in, through my real estate taxes for local schools, and I haven't used them since I graduated from high school no. um, when I wasn't paying property tax. I got gotcha. you. And. Uh, you know, and that's another thing. You go to different parts of the county, and you know, for example, out in Palatine Township, for example, for a three hundred fifty thousand dollars home, you might be paying thirteen thousand dollars a year in real estate taxes. And whereas uh, in South Chicago Township, is same property, same assessed valuation, you might be paying six thousand in taxes. So where you live matters. Uh, what what makes up the tax base if you've got large commercial enterprises buildings yeah you know, and that was that that's something that the current assessor is getting a lot of flack for but I think is is fairly doing is re-evaluating what commercial properties should be assessed at because for many years you can imagine commercial property owners are much more attuned to this appeal process they've got the right lawyers and you can read into that they got that. the system down pat you can read into that what you want yeah <coughs> Madigan <coughs> Burke <clears throat> um, ah, be nice all right, I'll be nice <laughs> up to the two men who are under indictment um, <laughs> so what that has, uh, the effect of that, if you look, uh, and I'll, I'll see if I can find this in, in graphic format and link to it as well. Please. What you'll see is the burden, the tax burden of the residential property owners of, of Cook County is on one trajectory, whereas the property tax burden of commercial property owners in Cook County is on a much flatter trajectory. And that is because of their um, sophistication, understanding the system, as opposed to residential owners who are just trying to live their life, you know, this, how many things can I be possibly tasked with worrying about? Uh, you know, I've I, I've got I've got a lot. Everyone's got a lot on their plate, and so I can totally appreciate where uh, an appeal wouldn't just uh, come on your radar. Now, if after hearing this, you're thinking to yourself, "Well, I want to get involved," seven seven three. Six three two eight three three zero. I can help you out. I don't do these, but I have a colleague that does these. He is dynamite. He will sort you out, and I would love to introduce you. Which is what this is all about. If we can't help you, we're going to send you in the right direction. Absolutely. Right. Anyone who wants to pay less taxes, probably, uh, and he'll tell you if he, if if he doesn't think that that you're a good candidate for an appeal. Let's say. Your assessed valuation is a hundred thousand less than what you bought the property for last year. He'll probably tell you, "Let's wait a year. So let's wait till the, till the next reassessment." You know that it, it may not be the right opportunity. But has anybody ever appealed and their taxes went up? In theory, it's possible. I cannot think of a case when that would happen. You get one hell of a complaint call. That's for sure. It would be a one star to our to our tax assessor's yeah, office. I'd be like, you know? bueno. <laughs> uh, no English. <laughs> I understand that completely. So, real quick, um, we do have a, another question, and it's about um, what can you do with your mortgages, and how can you use your mortgage? And Joey, maybe this is more directed at you. But how do is you it use more your direct mortgage? To CPA. <laughs> <laughs> is it really to save money oh, yeah. on your income taxes? So you saw this already. Oh, boy. Yes. So, well, I, I always watch live on YouTube so I can watch the uh, questions roll in. But um, 
so when you have your closing disclosure, hold on to that. Or at the end of the year, um, grab it, you know, uh, from your lender, reach out, say, hey, can I get a copy of my closing disclosure? Because there's things on your CD, the closing disclosure is a CD, that you can write off. Your prepaid interest, you can write off. You can write off any sort of origination or discount, uh, things of that nature. But at the end of the day, make sure you're bringing your closing disclosure, whether you bought or refinanced, to your tax person. Yeah, and definitely. And is that every year or is that... Just the year you bought or something. The year you bought. You won't you wouldn't yeah. have a CD or a master statement from okay. any other year. Now, um, it's important also to save that document. If you ever turn your property from owner occupied into investment, your CPA is gonna go back and pull more numbers off of that and, and save you more money. I used to feel fairly comfortable enough with uh, the mortgage interest uh, deduction, state and local tax deduction, these sorts of things to comfortably advise my clients kind of to a point about, you know, welcome to the world of itemization on your, on your taxes. And then 2017 happened into 2018 with the, with the standard deduction being as high as it is, especially for married people, uh, it's no longer a slam dunk that you're going to go straight into itemization. And especially since they've limited the state and local tax deduction to 10k which is uh not great so if anybody does have any questions you know legal questions more importantly about real estate patrick how do they get hold of you if you have questions about real estate law contact me 773-632-8330 loftus.law but, but anything though if, they, if you can't help them you'll guide them right on insta loftus underscore law i think it is <laughs> Just search it. If you have questions about income tax, talk to your uh, tax professional or you'll call me anyway and I will lead you to the tax professional because that I'm not qualified to give tax advice. No, but we have networks and we know we have people that we value and we trust and we could definitely guide them in the right direction. Yeah, don't Google it. Oh my goodness. Dude, you know, this is the sort of thing and Google's gotten worse and worse cuz it's uh, you know, more and more focused on making money. So, uh, yeah, it, trying to find a professional of any kind on Google is an absolute minefield um, and one in which you're likely to step out of mind, quite frankly. So yeah, contact us. We've got the old school Rolodex that we'll flip right through that bad yes, boy. Yes, you do. And we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get you sorted. I love it. And Joey, how do they get hold of you if they have any questions? Well, you can call me at 630-235-2405. Find me at thevaloanerd.com or across social media as at thevaloanerd. I love it. And you got the most romantic voice in the world. There's no if, ands, buts about Only for it. when I'm talking about that stuff. I love it. And I'm Charlie Belfontaine, and uh, our business is Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our website is www.thehomeinspectors, that's plural, O-R-S, dot com. And our phone number is 312-544-9180. And our school site is Home Inspection University of Illinois, H-I-U-I-L dot com. And don't forget openheartmagic.org. Uh, these guys are these guys are phenomenal and they can always use a little bit of extra money and stuff like that. Um, Guess what time it is. It's oh, he's just saying <laughs> it's my turn to chit chat about talking about poops. So <laughs> Uh, you know what, though? In all reality, I've, I've seen, you know, we, we added on sewer scope. this is a ninja turtle. I don't it, think this uh, is a poop. It, it was, he drew a picture of a poop, and he showed it to me, and I'm like, what are you doing that for? And then it hit me. Um, you know, so we added sewer scopes onto, um, onto our services, I want to say about three, four years ago. Right now, we got about a dozen cameras um, in our system, and it's pretty amazing. Now, we only do source scopes when we're doing um, home inspections, all right? The state of Illinois um, licenses plumbers, and they're very strict about only plumbers can inspect plumbing systems. However, we have it in our law, the home inspector law, that allows us to describe in detail the plumbing system, and we could use any tools that we want in order to do so. So we only do sewer scopes when it's when it's done through a home inspection. And the, the biggest catch or the biggest question I get, and I am not a hard salesman, I need to get that out in the open. 
the biggest question, I guess, is, is it needed? You know, and everything always comes back to Patrick's nodding his head. Yes, it's always needed. And I'm going to disagree a little bit. I don't think it is always needed. You know, in, in all of our decisions when it comes to products that we purchase or services that we hire is what's how much am I spending? What's my risk? And then also, what's my reward? What, what can come back and save me? Now, most of the houses that we have here in the Chicagoland area, especially anything that's been built before the 80s, I, I would say the 80s to 90s was switchover, and then 90s, everything is PVC. But most of our housing stock is going to have a clay-tiled sewer lateral going out to the street sewer. So what that means is underground, they're going to take clay tiles. They're going to be basically the same type of material that they use for the chimney flues. If you see something orange coming out of the top of that, that's what they're using underground. These do not have bell and gossets. They just bump up next to each other, you know, and there's gaps in between them so that sewage can actually leak into the earth. And that's not a bad thing. All right. And in fact, if you have a septic field, that's exactly where you're putting all your sewages out in the field anyway. So having a leak isn't a bad thing. However, things that happen with these things is we end up getting offsets. We get tree roots that come in there. Um, if it's been backfilled real hard or somebody went in there with a rotting machine and they damaged uh, the sewer tiles, there's a, there's a chance that it could be broken. We find that about 90% of the clay tile sewer liner that we go ahead and run a camera through, we're going to find an issue in there. Hopefully, most of the time, it's going to be a slow or a small issue where it just means you're going to have to start getting in a ha habit of doing prophylactic rotting. So whether that's every year or every two years, you know, you just want to, before things back up into your house, you want to send a rotting or a jetting machine in there to make sure everything's cleaned out and all the sewage flows out to the street just safe. But when we start getting offsets or bell Offsets are when the two pipes, one's higher than the other one. Um, that's going to restrict the flow of our waste material. Bellies is when the sewer line goes down and comes back up and stores water in there. Um, that's going to that's going to also slow the sewage down there and can allow things to stack up in it. Um, now, and again, 90% of the clay tile ones we find problems. And it, it's just the opposite with the PVC. Now, we have found problems in it, but I want to say only about 10% of the time do we find problems in the PVC lines, all right? Um, just because they're bell and gosset, they're sealed together, um, there's no chance for any of the roots to get in there. They're flexible. So if I get some sort of heavy weight or a rock falling on it, yeah, it'll deform, but it's not going to break or crack and allow dirt to fall into these things, all right? And the cost of, you know, if you got one collapse in one area that has to be dug up from the outside, you're looking at, I, I would say, somewhere around five to $6,000 to go ahead and get that fixed. But if, you, if you're in a situation where you're replacing the entire sewer line because it, it was just a boom, 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 you know, chain reaction and everything went down on it, you could be in the 30 to 40 grand. Now, the city of Chicago, they take responsibility of everything from the sidewalk to the street, all right? So if you do have a break or a damage in the city of Chicago, they're going to be responsible for that. Most of the suburbs, and every suburb is different, but most of the suburbs, you own that sewer, sewer lateral all the way up until it hooks into the street sewers. And the problem is if you get a break underneath there, because most of the city sewers, and this is both city and suburbs, they're going to run those down the middle, middle of the road, which means somebody has to cut open the road, dig down up into that. And now you're talking about expensive permits as well, because usually it's only going to be the city who's going to be able to fix their street. They're not going to trust anybody else with fixing their streets than them. So I know when we put a new water line in our community, we ended up, uh, we ended up with... I want to say it was like a $13,000 permit, all right? And that was after we decided to make smaller holes. That's just the, the permit. That's the permit only. No, no one's done any work. No. You're thirteen grand, and you just got the piece of paper. Yeah, and I, I think we were like another ten, twelve grand for them to bore underneath and pull in a new water line to the house. Um, and I know last week I talked a little bit about the lead water lines and replacing them to copper, but uh, now the waste lines going out there is more important. And, and if it doesn't work... 
well, that, that stuff's coming back into your home, and that's just not healthy, obviously. We can't have that. Yeah, you're, you're not selling me on not getting uh, a scope. for. I mean, I suppose you've said the PVC is, uh, is much less problematic. I mean, the way I see it, if it's uh, Mother Nature versus something that's man-made, usually Mother Nature is going to win. And what I'm saying there is you got trees in your yard. Your trees have roots, and the roots are going to grow, and they're going to grow wherever they feel like. Yeah. And that's why when you put that camera in there, you're going to see it looks like, you know, some kind of, I don't looks know. Like a, a, it looks like It looks like an alien with world with yeah. all sorts of little, you know. We actually had a rat crawl up the sewer one time and was like looking us straight in the camera. You know, and we're, we, I, yeah, I love you your almost, eyes right you now. You almost got the first swear word out of me since I started <laughs> doing this. <laughs> no, I love it. But, you know, and there's other options. You don't necessarily have to replace the sewer line where it comes into it. So, you know, they have liners that they could put in there. Or you could do the, you know, rotting is not outrageous. You're looking at $500, and especially if there's no backup, it's just having somebody come out there once or twice, you know, once a year or once every two years just to make sure it's safe is not a bad thing. But I hear what you're saying, you know, so how does our clients know, all right, if, and this is not 100% true, but I would say it's about 90% true. If I have a black cast iron um, pipe that goes through the sidewall or goes into the earth, there is a high percentage chance that I'm going to have clay towel sewer liners. If I have a white PVC pipe that goes into the earth or out the sidewall, then there's a 90% chance that I'm going to have a PVC lateral that comes in there. Is that fair? You, know? you are the expert. You know, so, you know, the real thing is I'm going to spend $350 plus or minus and, you know, the prices go up and down depending on the different service provider. Um, whether or not I want to get a, a sewer scope done and see what it is in there versus the risk that if something is bad, I'm going to be spending a minimum of six grand basically to get it fixed. Right. And not including the damage caused by the sewer backup, both emotional and to your stuff. No, I got you on there. So we're running out of time right now, and I'd like to go around the horn and just do a couple more things. And Patrick, if you don't mind, give us your contact information again. My contact information again is 773-632-8330. You can see my website, loftus.law, and I'm on Insta, loftus underscore... Loftus underscore law. And what was the name of that that uh, nonprofit organization that uh, helps the elderly? The, the Center for Disability and Elder Law. C-D-E-L. And we're going to put a link on to our stuff. And we're building a website right now. It's going to be called thehomebuyershour.com. And so we're going to start re-pushing everything towards that real soon. And we'll keep a list of all this stuff there. Joey, how do people get hold of you? Well, you can reach me at 630-235-2405. Find me at thevalonerd.com. Find me on social medias as at thevalonerd. And I'm also going to throw out a nonprofit organization that uh, I love. It is called The Yard Foundation. You can find them at theyardfoundation.com. They uh, support uh, first responders typically when something awful happens. And, and please, Joey, put send us a link, and we want to make sure we get that included in all this as well. And again, my name is Charlie Belfontaine. I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our phone number is 312-544-9180. Our website is www.thehomeinspectors.com. And our school site is Home Inspection University of Illinois, www.hiuil.com. And Open Heart Magic, you know, please, openheartmagic.org, please look them up. And if you could afford to spend some money, please do so. Special thank you to Devin Tingle. He's our producer here, and he makes everything work. And my number one fan, Bernie, I know you're listening. So take care of everybody. And this is Charlie, and I am out. Oh,